Welcome to the Humane Roundup Podcast, where we share all the exciting stories about animal cruelty investigations, dangerous animals, and amazing rescues. Find out what goes on inside of animal shelters and all the current trends in the animal welfare industry. Now, here is your host, Daniel Edinger. And allow me to introduce you to our co-host, Ashley Bishop. Happy Animal, well, excuse me, Happy Humane Officer Appreciation Week, which is almost over. <laughs> Back at you for Animal Protection Services. <laughs> Whatever. Right? I'm sure there's one of those. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many freaking. <laughs> so many names. So many names. Well, I, I wanted to shout you out again uh, for, you know, all the hard work and being on the show, putting up with me for the last, we've been together now, what, on the show, four months, almost three months? Yeah, four months. Something like that. It's been good. It's been really good. Um, And so I just want to, you know, want to thank you. I also got to thank all the old timers that are no longer on the show, but who, you know, who got it started. Obviously, we have to shout out Officer Hildy, who is no longer an officer, who is an assistant Manager Hildy, shout out to him for this is his creation, right? He started this over a year ago. He got everyone involved that was on the show. Just John, haven't heard from him in a long time. He was on for a few episodes. And then we had Ocho, big shout out to Ocho, Joe the ACO, our boy um, Paw Patrol. And then uh, we can't forget Mel. So shout out to everyone that's come on and been a host in that time frame. And Without their, you know, honestly, without their contributions to this program, you and I wouldn't be here today doing the show. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. And I mean, to have thought of this idea and put it together, you know, like you said, big shout out to Hildy. Um, I know I found the show to be very helpful, and I hope that others do. Like, if even if you're out there and alone and nobody appreciates you, know that we do and even if it's from across the country like shout out to you for doing this and hopefully you can do something even if it's just you know go have a drink go sit by the pond go do something to treat yourself for having done this job even if you know your community doesn't seem to be doing anything for you this week but do something for yourself well we did something for everyone this week if you haven't had a chance to listen to those bonus episodes go back and check them out they're pretty short but it's cool because you get to hear from you get to hear from some of the other officers in your field and just understand that like hey like i'm not alone in this and so uh, just moving from there you know i think it's uh, important to know that you know we have tons of people out here that support you and uh, you know again shout out to our listeners shout out to the old the old timers that used to be on the show and and obviously it was a different form format then but uh you know it's it, we are here and we have an exciting show for you today yeah episode um, 76 so we have a super i think a super awesome show part 2 of the ASPCA stuff that we you know we talked about a little bit last week but today we're going to dig into some forensics I'm excited for this because really I know that a, a lot of us out there are going, well, I, I don't know how to, you know, get the evidence that I need on this case. And I think that 
there's going to be a lot of good resources we'll find from this. So. And it's so funny because I feel like I'm partly a forensic like scientist or something because as a kid, young, young kid, I had to get a ton of x-rays. Um, and so I've like looked at multiple. And so anytime I look at x-rays, I'm like, yeah, I know what I'm looking at. <laughs> it's like, no, I don't. I, don't, I have no clue. So I'm really excited. Uh, today we have uh, a special guest. And it's to me, it's like, I, I don't know, I feel so just... It's so like for our listeners, like this to me is so big to like have this next episode come on and talk to us about like how we can get this help that we really need. Because I know there are several cases that I need expert experts to kind of look over and it's sometimes hard to find them. So I'm excited to to introduce our guest. Yeah, uh, I think. Well, before we bring her on, actually, really quick, because uh, we haven't really talked about some of the housekeeping stuff. And so, again, we you know, talked about this being our week and it's almost over a APO, ACO appreciation week, but, you know, check us out, leave us some Facebook comments, leave us some Instagram comments, Humane Roundup, check our, our website out, humaneroundup.com. Don't forget HO Bishop, Humane Officer Bishop on social media. That's uh, Facebook and Instagram, not on TikTok yet though, unfortunately, and uh, Animal Protection no. Officer <laughs> Daniel. No on those socials as well. So check us out, become our friends on there, chat with us, uh, give us show topics and ideas, questions for some of our guests, that type of stuff. Don't forget, you know, we're, we're here for you. This is a platform for you. We might be the voices, just like you're the voices for the animals or the voices on, I guess, on the podcast for you. So please interact with us so we can help out everybody. All right, well, let's, let's introduce our next guest, Dr. Bauckham. She is a forensic uh, veterinarian with the ASPCA. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Welcome. We're, yeah, we're Thank excited you. to have you. I'm excited that you guys ha are having um, several of our colleagues on here. It's great to get the word out on how we can assist with animal welfare and animal cruelty cases. You know, and we like we were talking about in the beginning how the show kind of started and it was a bunch of us, a bunch of guys kind of honestly just talking shop. And it was fun. Like we had a lot of fun. We played games on air, uh, but the the podcast has really turned into this. And, and this is where we feel like it's going to be best suited for our profession is how do we, like I've known, I, I remember seeing kind of a report pop up that this forensic lab was opening up. And, and so I was like, wow, like that would be so cool to get, someone on to talk about how that like how that can can work with our profession and what needs to be done and so if you wouldn't mind let's kind of jump in and talk maybe a little bit about yourself like a quick bio and maybe cover just a little of what the lab is and and what we um can look forward to yeah so i have been with the aspca since 2015. Um, i consulted on casework and became a full-time employee in 2016. And previous to working with the ASPCA, I worked in large municipal shelters. Um, so I have been up here in Gainesville in our new center. We opened in October and it's the first and only forensic laboratory in the U.S. dedicated to animal cruelty casework involving companion animals. Uh, so we're really excited that it's open. 
Um, it's 3,000 square feet. We have an evidence lab, a necropsy room, radiology room, conference room. We have lots of office space for student externs and obviously our staff. Uh, we have equipment and evidence storage. Um, some of the services that we offer, uh, necropsies, we do forensic necropsies, um, x-rays, we have that on site. We also have a relationship with a local specialist here in town and we can offer CT scans on these deceased animals. Uh, we offer forensic osteology, live animal forensic exams, uh, animal crime scene response excavations, and we also do some non-animal forensics. We have a certified forensic analyst on our team. Um, our team is also, we have three forensic vets, the forensic analyst and a forensic um, vet assistant. So we are five strong here in Gainesville right now, <laughs> but our entire team is much, much larger. And we respond to a lot of large scale animal cruelty cases across the United States. Um, and then we have the whole team come out and that's what Ashley was able to be a part of at least twice. Um, so we, we do a lot of things. We also offer consultations for veterinarians and we do a lot of um, online trainings for students, other vets, animal control officers, lawyers. So we really just wanna help in any way we can in any format. So, um, and I think the email and everything will be provided to everyone. But if you have any questions, uh, mm -hmm. please definitely reach out uh, to us. Do you want me to say the email? Yeah, go ahead and give us the email right away. Yeah, it's a v f s c at aspca.org <laughs> and that's a little cumbersome so it's the aspca veterinary forensic science center uh, we'll add that to the show notes too so it'll make it easier yeah. for people trying to write it down as they drive to their calls or whatever so yeah for sure <laughs> um, it's also easy to go to ASPCA Pro online. And if you type in animal forensics, it will bring you to our page and that provides a submission form. So if you have questions or wanna reach out to us um, that you can easily contact us. So, I mean, obviously you guys have got a ton of resources for us, um, whether it be trainings or assistance um, and things, but, is that for anybody in the country? Is it just for animal control? Is it is law enforcement available? Who can who can utilize these resources as you have? Absolutely. So we're only assisting on criminal casework with law enforcement, and sometimes that will be the animal control uh, that is working as law enforcement. Um, we we are not taking civil cases or assisting with civil cases or private citizens. Uh, but if you ever have a question, still reach out to us. We still may be able to refer you to someone who can help um, and get you the um, resources you need. Can I follow up on that? So if, yeah. I'm, an, if I'm listening right now and I, let's say I'm the only officer in the middle of Texas uh, and I work for uh, the Department of Public Health, so I'm not under the police department, do I qualify if I have a criminal case? You may. Okay. How so, does, yeah, I'd love to hear how that works. Definitely. So we have a form that we would have you fill out, uh, and that's also online. And we send that to our legal team, and they just vet everything to make sure that it meets 
the needs for the case and it's a criminal case, but uh, we've definitely can look at each case on a case by case basis and determine what the needs are and work with you. That makes sense. So they want to establish if the code, like the, the law that we're probably charging or have probable cause for is possibly a criminal criminal act in that city or exactly. town. Okay. That makes yep. sense. Sure, we have search warrants if we need them or make sure all the legal bases are covered. Cool. Very cool. Um, so go ahead, Ash. I, I was going to say with that to just kind of expand is does it have to be large scale or can it be, you know, you've got a report of one puppy dead in a kennel and all of a sudden you show up and this dog died and it's emaciated and you need a necropsy done, but it's only the one dog. Is that a case you guys would take? Absolutely. Uh, we do a lot of single animal cases. Uh, so there, the number is not a determinant in whether we are going to take a case or not. So as the, as the officer, I have a body, right? How am I? Well, I a, hope so. Otherwise, how would you, you be walking around? <laughs> <laughs> Someone has jumps Sorry. this morning. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's say I already use Texas. So we'll use, I'm in, uh, we'll go to Nebraska for this one. I'm in Nebraska. <laughs> so I just want to make it far, right? I don't, it's not Atlanta. Yeah. We're not in Jacksonville. Like we're far. I get that body to you. So the first step is to reach out to us as soon as possible. And if it's a time sensitive case, if you have a freshly deceased animal, I would consider that time sensitive. So you will call our office number and that is 352-415-0704. <laughs> and yeah. you will be given a secondary emergency number if there is something time sensitive. And okay. we, will, we will guide you. Each case is so individual. But if it's a freshly deceased animal, we're going to want you to store that in a refrigerator. Mm -hmm. Not a freezer, folks. Not a freezer. A refrigerator. Correct. So, sorry. I had to, <laughs> that's my soapbox. That, uh, trust me. I've been down that road before. Uh, so, and reach out to us. And we will send you the forms that need to be filled out. Get it vetted as soon as possible. And we will then email you shipping instructions and provide a FedEx number so that we will also be paying for that animal to be overrided. Oh. Wow, wait, so the ASPCA actually pay, it's not coming out of the agency's pocket. Correct. If the case is accepted, um, all costs will be covered by the ASPCA in most cases. Bishop, I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead of you, but I'm no, trying no, to no. honestly hold back my enthusiasm and excitement. Because this is getting, <laughs> like hearing about this stuff is, is kind of like that, like dream come true land that's like this exists and not, <laughs> not to put a burden on your staff, because I know, you know, there's only so many people, but uh, I could see this really taking off. Absolutely. It's we've definitely been getting busier as this year has gone on and um, the pandemic has started to calm down a little bit. We're definitely getting a lot more casework. It's good and bad, right? Like we don't want to see those cases, but at the same time, it's good that we have you that can can kind of give your expert a testimony and, and expert case, you know, reports for that. Exactly. It, speaking to the expert testimony, is that something, I mean, again, let's, let's go to Nebraska. I don't know what their dynamic really is in Nebraska as far as animal control and things like that. But, you know, I, my, my guess would be that they don't 
have a ton of structure for their program. So they may not have a veterinarian up there that has any idea. So would you guys even go up to be an expert witness and testify? Yes. In, in the case that awesome. Daniel just presented, if that body was sent to us and we performed a forensic necropsy, we would also prepare a forensic statement and um, we would expect to testify, give depositions, whatever's required in that case. Now, is that also covered by the A or is that now the city or the county, uh, is that their responsibility to, uh, you know, fly you in, uh, put you into a, you know, a hotel while the case is being adjudicated that would all be covered by the aspca oh my goodness i'm ha i'm seriously wow. having like a like this is it's like fantasy world coming true right now <laughs> you got let me just can i just shout out the a like this is uh, maybe i'm being a little bit overly enthusiastic right now but like i'm thinking through all these questions before we have you on and i'm expecting like okay there'll be some cost to the agency but like this resource this is unbelievable bishop i don't know where you're at on this but like maybe it's because i didn't get a lot of sleep i don't know what it is yeah but... i mean i i can think of several cases it would have been helpful for me um you know and i can foresee a lot of um i'm, I'm hoping people are listening to this going yeah i need to reach out and i need to send my case in and see if it, it um, qualifies if they can help me out yeah. on it is there any talk about expanding to more than the five of you? Like, I don't want to overburden <laughs> you guys either. Uh, yes, I think as as soon as, you know, business expands, we will expand from five and we do have space in our new facility to expand staff. So we can awesome. definitely increase to meet demand. So it, this kind of goes along with that. And I know this is going to be a question that kind of ranges. So say I send you this body, um, we suspect, we suspect the dog died in a hot car, right? Like what the probable cause is there, but we just need the, the necropsy to, to confirm that. How long would something like that take to get, like, once we get the body there, et cetera, like in your, once it's in your lab, how long do you think it would take to get the results back to that investigator? Yeah, so as you said, it definitely depends. We do depend on other specialists to get results back also. Um, so if we did a CT scan, we send that off to a forensic radiologist. And same thing with the radiographs. Uh, we then do take tissue samples and send that off for histopathology. So we're also at their mercy. So if they're behind, sometimes that can take three weeks or so to get those okay. results back. Okay. And all of that feeds into our report. Uh, but typically within a month, uh, we should be able to have a report. Okay. Do you... So there's toxicology... Oh, I'm sorry. You're good. Go ahead. No, I was, was going to say, if there's extra testing, sometimes with toxicology or more advanced testing that we have to send out, it can take, you know, up to two months to get all of the results back. going to be my follow-up was the tox stuff. So oftentimes we'll get a case where they're suspected poisoning. And we just don't know who to send that to. Like it's it's limited right now, and so it sounds like it sounds like the lab is designed to handle stuff like that. Yes, we can send out samples for further testing, uh, but it does oftentimes take longer than our normal uh, forensic necropsy. So we try to keep uh, the animal control officer or law enforcement up to date, and they can always call and you know, get an update on what information we do have at any point. 
So I know that I've had a case where, um, it, actually the one I was talking about with the puppy that was deceased in a kennel, um, and I was able to send the puppy to our state lab and got a full necropsy and everything. Um, but they have um, held on to the body for me because they, if this ever goes to court, which uh, unfortunately I don't think it's ever going to, even though it's a strong case, um, they are holding on to the body for discovery for the defendant. Is that something that you guys would do as well? We can for a short period of time and depending on um, cases, we, we have limited storage. We definitely do have freezer storage, um, but we try not to hold on for anything too long uh, just because our space is limited for that uh, particular sure. need. Well, would that be something you think that the dog would then get shipped back to the originating municipality for them to then hold on to absolutely yes and we will okay. never just dispose of anything we would definitely contact you when we're done with our forensic necropsy and ask um what you guys would like done so we can either send it back to you we can hold it for a specified amount of time that we could determine at that point um yes we definitely will never just dispose of evidence okay so we we have a forensic lab here in Colorado at CSU, which uh, we do use quite frequently. And is if a necropsy is presented there or done there, I guess, and, and this is going out to other uh, states or you know places that have a, a lab that can do forensic uh, necropsies, could that still be eligible for review at your lab if we sent? And I don't know if you would still need the body, but would you maybe need all the records uh, if we had more questions about it? So it's like we got, you know, one necropsy done, uh, but we wanted some clarifying uh, questions answered. Maybe, you know, in the in the necropsy report, blunt force trauma was uh, suspected, right? Can, can your lab then determine, like, we have a few ideas of what the blunt force trauma was. Could you possibly determine yes, this was likely from a baseball bat. That was one of your suspected, you know, uh, methods of, of the blood force trauma. So that's a great question and a complicated one. <laughs> um, so we would always like to look at the body and examine okay. to do a necropsy. That's the first go is the best. Um, and, you know, we hold on to these bodies after we do a forensic necropsy in case defense or anyone else would like to re-examine the body. It's not really great for a, I say, you know, air quotes, second necropsy. Um, most of that important information is, you know, can be lost at that point. So it would be best if we can look at it uh, first and foremost. We can definitely review uh, photographs and the report and give an opinion. Um, we could also look at the skeletal remains and have our forensic analyst on uh, analyze those. So she can differentiate uh, anti-mortem versus post-mortem injuries. So she could look at that and give more information. Um, that's one of the questions that we get a lot with skeletal analysis. And so there may be more that we could do uh, with the body, but it would still be best if we 
can look at it first. But again, case by case basis, definitely reach out if you have questions and we would try to do the best we could to assist. And just following up on that, logistically speaking, you know, some listeners may be more inclined to like, well, you know, I can just drive it 20 minutes to my forensic vet. And with all due respect to the local forensic veterinarians, the resources that are available with your center or lab uh, seem to be a, a lot more, the word I'm looking for, uh, plentiful than some of, uh, some of our local resources. So uh, it may be beneficial first to just reach out to the A and say, hey, you know, is this a case that would be worth looking into? And then if not, then then maybe go your traditional route at, at that point. Definitely, especially with blunt force trauma, um, the ability to do a postmortem CT scan is just so helpful in so many cases. And also our resource with our forensic analyst um, to be able to look at the skeletal remains afterwards. I can't differentiate when I do my forensic necropsy. I can find a fracture and my eyes cannot differentiate whether that was antemortem or postmortem unless it, there's an obvious callus formed. Um, but after I do my necropsy, I can pass that on to her and then she can write up another report based on what she finds um, and more advanced on the actual skeleton. So there are some extra resources that can really help, especially with uh, blunt force trauma cases. Can we back up just a quick second on the CT scan for blunt force trauma? Do you mind just giving us a little info on what that looks like and, and how that's helpful? Definitely. So it takes very small cuts of the entire animal's body. And so we can actually render 3D images that can be really helpful in court. Um, to better display the injuries, to give you more information. Um, radiographs, you know, do not give us those 3D images. So you may miss um, very small fractures uh, on a radiograph that you can see on a CT, and it will also show soft tissue damage and some, we get information about internal organs also, uh, more so than we get with a normal radiograph. So we're talking a lot about, you know, sending the bodies in. Can you, and if so, what can you do for if we have live victims? Great question. Yeah, that is a great question. So it depends on what you need from us. So say you are in Nebraska and you are working with your local veterinarian and you have a case. Um, and obviously you can't just ship us the live animal. Um, so we could work with that veterinarian and consult with them and guide them on what photographs to take. And if they have questions about what laboratory tests they need to run, uh, or they want to show us what they have and discuss that we can do that also. Uh, if it's more than one animal, we typically wouldn't send a team for just one animal, but if you have multiple live animals, you need assistance with. Uh, then we would also see if that's something that we could send a team out and assist with. And that's where I think a lot of our cases are. We have live animals that suffered a fractured, whether it's like a fractured jaw or, you know, fractured ribs and a fractured pelvis. And so can, so basically we can send the radiographs at that point uh, for further analysis. Definitely call and reach out okay. to us for, so that we can discuss the whole case. Got it. Um, I am not a board certified radiologist, so I would 
always recommend that if you have funds that you would send something to a board certified radiologist, someone that's familiar with reading those um, as their actual profession, but I can definitely consult with you on what radiographs you should be taking and Correct. assist you on sending them to someone. Or if we're reviewing the whole case, we can do that also, assist with reviewing everything that you have. That's awesome. Ashley, anything? Um, I know she, oh, there you well, are. <laughs> you were having some trouble. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> um, I know that I was uh, in a training that was talking about thermal imaging and using that to potentially determine something like um, blunt force trauma and things like that. Is that something you or anybody at the AA is familiar with that there might actually be a training available to teach us how to use thermal imaging for that? That is a great question. And I do not, I'm not familiar with thermal imaging, but I can definitely see okay. if anyone else is and can assist you with that. Uh, we do use a lot of different photography skills. We use IR, we can use fluorescence and different, different, modalities to look for bruising at different stages, uh, scar tissue, things like that. But I have not worked with thermal imaging, but I will get back to you on that. I went through a similar training as well. The, the issue, truthfully, is the camera. So having your agency coming up with the, the budget for it, they, are, they actually make a, an insert or an addition to iPhones um, that you can, you can buy, whoa, you can buy a, thermal imaging camera that kind of goes into the charging point port of your iPhone and it may work for other phones as well. So you don't have to buy the full setup. It's just then documenting, you know, or, and knowing what to look for. And uh, that also uh, kind of leads me into the question of, I've heard other ACOs talk about taking certain blood samples that can also determine possible blunt force trauma. I, that's, Something really? I'm not familiar with. Yeah. Christina, have you heard of anything like that? So we have lots and lots of blood tests that can show different enzymes for muscle damage. Okay. That may be what they're they're thinking about or discussing. Sure. Um, but you can have that with a lot of things. I wouldn't consider that necessarily proving a blunt force trauma. Um, okay. But I'd be interested to hear what that is. <laughs> <laughs> what they're drawing for. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about the different trainings that you said were available online and, and who you said that they were for um, veterinarians and for, you know, the legal system and maybe also for us? Definitely. On ASPCA Pro, there are different trainings up there that can go through a lot of different, we have a lot of different topics up there. We're actually actively working on um, a veterinary, some veterinary episodes, forensic veterinary episodes uh, that will go through blunt force trauma, puppy mills, um, different types of neglect. So it will cover multiple areas. Um, we also have one pagers up there that I wanted to make sure everyone knows about on ASPCA Pro. There are some great one-pagers that I think would be very helpful for animal control officers, veterinarians, anyone who works with animals. Um, we have several up there that 
you know, it's great to have laminated. We had them laminated up in the clinic, some of the vet clinics that I work with. Uh, so it can be something they can look at immediately also. Um, also, if you have a case of, say, sexual abuse, um, that's a case that is something that needs to be handled immediately, very time sensitive. And just like with humans and rape kits, uh, that biological evidence can degrade and be lost very quickly. So that's another great thing. We will have a training on that. We do have a one pager on that on ASPCA Pro, but you can also reach out to us and I can talk you through everything as you're doing it. So we make sure evidence doesn't get lost. Fantastic. So more training to come, but there That's is awesome. some up there to check out. That is fantastic stuff. I'm honestly, I'm a little bit like giddy and overwhelmed with all the, all the resources that are available and, and just trying to wrap my head around, like, how do I present that? And I think the important thing is, you know, talking to our supervisors and letting them know it's available to them as well as our uh, city and district attorneys uh, and sending them the website, having them go to ASPCA.org uh, or ASPCAPro.org. And that I did get a one sheet that we'll put into the uh, show notes as well that kind of has what you've talked about outlined. Uh, so, so our, you know, our, our supervisors and our decision makers can, can really see that and understand what it's available to us. Uh, there's really no, I don't see any drawback at all uh, coming from this and, you know, the, the whole aspect of being able to fly people in for testimony is humongous. Uh, having costs uh, covered for us is, is huge as well. And so, you know, it, it, having the mentality of, of like, I can't wait till I get the next case to send to you sucks because I don't want any animal to be in a position where, where we need to send it off. But knowing that I'm no longer and and all of our listeners and Bishop and you as well, like we're no longer in a situation where there's not help. I've been in situations in the past in my career where I've had a case that, you know, we had to dig for funding just to get a necropsy, right? We, we, we were able to get it through grants and things like that. And, and now knowing that there's this lab that will do it uh, for, you know, for the benefit of the community and the animals, it's just, it's, it's huge. It's, amazing and exciting to know that it exists. It, it really is great. I've been in that same position <laughs> where you have a suspected um, animal cruelty case and don't have the funding to pursue the testing, radiographs, anything else. So it is really great that we can offer that now. And also if your municipality, you're in an area that you really think would be helpful for your animal control officers, uh, shelter staff, anyone to get extra training, reach out to us also. Uh, we're currently doing online training, but we can work on doing, you know, live Zoom training for your area. And as soon as we're traveling again, um, and we do a lot of in-person training and we bring a team with us. So we have uh, at least one forensic vet. We have someone like Leanne, one of the investigators. We will typically bring one of our lawyers so that they can help talk with the prosecutors and uh, have the whole team kind of be able to assist. We also bring a veterinary technician when possible for the vet techs uh, so that everyone can kind of feel like they're getting what they need um, out of the presentation. I was going to say, I, I think the biggest takeaway for all of our listeners is this. You're, you're not alone. There are resources out there. And if you have got something you're working on and maybe you don't even know where to reach out 
reach out to us. Dan or I, you know, we're on the Facebook page and we can help you. If you know, you forget that it's the ASPCA or, or whatever, um, you're not alone out there. And we're getting to a point in our society where animals are meaning a lot more to people. And so now we have great organizations like the ASPCA creating these resources for us. So, you know, being able to utilize them is a huge thing for us in our, in the industry now. Huge. So big. It's, it makes me so excited to know. I mean, these, these are the things that we work towards to try to like continue to advance our profession and knowing that this is here, man, I'm about to dig up an old case, a little cold case action for you and send it your way. Oh my. I love to consult on things. I love hearing about interesting cases also and going over them with people. And we're also really, I just wanted to let everyone know too, that if you've worked with a veterinarian um, that maybe didn't know a lot about forensics or non-accidental injury, we are also trying to reach out to the vet schools and do more trainings early on with the students so that when they do come out as veterinarians, they have more experience uh, on what to look for, what to think about, just including non-accidental injury as a differential for them is huge. So I'm hoping that the new vets that are coming out will also have more experience with this and can assist in local shelters and uh, local ERs and just your GP vets should have more experience and more knowledge uh, to be able to process and assist on these cases. You know, the show, we try to keep it at like 45 minutes, but I literally could keep you on here for easily another hour asking you so many questions. And so well, we've talked about um, having ASPCA come back on and just doing some, maybe we talk about like a specific case update or talk like talking through evidence collection. We really didn't get time to do that today, like proper. We, we talked about not freezing a dog, right? But we didn't talk about some of the other proper evidence collection for these forensic uh, investigations that we're doing. And so uh, maybe we can set aside some time to, to really go through, you know, what that looks like for the officers, um, you know, maybe even collecting some of the uh, insects that are around a dead body that might be critical to sending in with the, with the animal as well. Right. And, Absolutely. and yeah. just other things that, that we're not, you know, maybe not trained to or thinking about on a day-to-day -day scope, but things to look for, you know, in around the crime scene. So, I uh, like I, it, it's funny because I like I I don't really care for famous people. I'm not like, oh my goodness, there's the Rock. You know, he'd be cool <laughs> to me. Um, but this stuff excites me like beyond no other. Like I feel like, like I'm in a I'm in a room with somebody that like really gets what we do and is here to help, and that means so much uh, to the profession. That I, I honestly I can't thank you enough for coming on, taking the time out of your day. Mm -hmm to talk about all, all of this. Thank you so much for the opportunity and thank you both for the work that you do. Um, I've, you know, worked a lot with animal control officers and did a lot of ride alongs and you guys work your tails off and, you know, boots on the ground work extremely hard every day. So thank you so much. And yeah, please anyone reach out to us anytime. We really do want to help and make sure that these cases get good outcomes. This is amazing. And thanks everyone again, too. I mean, it's the, we have one day left. If you're listening on Friday, when this, um, when this comes out, you know, one day left of our week to celebrate. So 
uh, this is a good way to, to put a cap to it, finding out that these resources are there. Uh, so we have to thank the ASPCA for, you know, having this available to, to everyone that's listening, that's an officer. And uh, I can't thank you enough. I can't thank Ashley enough for being the co-host. And this is just exciting. Uh, this is really uh, making me, you know, super, just super excited for that next case to think immediately, like, I'm going to call them and just get their in, input on what's, you know, what, what we should do in this case. So you, you can be expecting a phone call at some point. <laughs> that sounds great. I'm excited to hear from you all. Thank you. Ashley, you have anything before we wrap up? No, I think this was an awesome episode. I'm really super happy to hear about all of the resources that we're actually getting available to us. And I'm excited to go do something to celebrate Animal Control Appreciation Week, Humane Officer Appreciation Week, whatever. All those names. Uh, in, insert your title. Yeah, insert, insert your title. title do here. something for yeah. myself. <laughs> um, you guys and I have to celebrate. Well, thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Did you have anything else before we, we ended the show? No, thank you guys so much for having us and just reach out with any questions. And uh, yeah, if you ever want to have an episode going over weird cases or anything like that, we're happy to do that too. <laughs> we would love it. I think it would be yeah. great to do it. I think we should do a case study. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. <laughs> well, don't forget to check out our Facebook page, our website, humaneroundup.com, Facebook's Instagram, Humane Roundup, and Ashley Bishop's on there as Humane Officer or H.O. Bishop. And then I'm there on Animal Protection Officer Daniel. And you can follow the ASPCA, ASPCA on all of the socials. I don't know if they have a TikTok yet, though. Everybody has TikTok. <laughs> they, they could have some really cool rescue stuff, though, on there. So That's yeah. a good point. I don't know that we do have TikTok. I'll have to mention that to media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Well, as always, we like to say on the Humane Roundup, Thanks for listening and keep it humane, humane main. main. <laughs> That's great. Awesome. Well, Christina, this was incredible. I, I can't, honestly, I can't thank you enough.